This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi again, everybody. Welcome into our Black and Blue Report podcast for this Wednesday, March the 7th, and greetings from Sacramento, California. I'm Sean Kelly. We continue on the road with the New Orleans Pelicans who continue to win games. It's nine in a row now for New Orleans after kind of a thrilling ride last night at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. The Pelicans put 121 on the board and beat the Clippers to improve to 11 games over 500, stay right in the fourth place position in the Western Conference playoffs. And tonight here in Sacramento, they'll look to make it a perfect road trip and make it 10 wins in a row. It's pretty incredible stuff. A wild story, as we mentioned last night, including Anthony Davis, who left late in the second quarter with bruised ribs, only to return after halftime, put 19 on the board in the third, 41 altogether. And he and Drew Holiday and friends uh, got the job done, even though uh, the Clippers made a ferocious comeback in the second half erasing a 20-point deficit, but in the end, the Pelicans won again and, uh, again, find themselves at uh, 9 straight and 11 over 500. We haven't seen this this territory <laughs> in a long, long time. So, obviously, we're all a little bleary-eyed out here in Sacramento. The team did not arrive at the hotel until about 2, 2.15 Pacific time uh, and then straight to bed and, and back at it tonight. The Pels are... Five and five on zero days rest. They they um, they have a good shot here tonight. I think to make it ten in a row before coming home to take on the Wizards on Friday night. We'll talk more about that at the end of our podcast today. But with this basketball situation right now, we are all NBA on this one, as we've got two great guests. Obviously, as you uh, if you're a regular with us, you know that on Wednesdays it's David Wesley from Fox Sports New Orleans. We'll get a Wesley Wednesday visit here on the road at the uh, coffee shop next door here in just a bit. But also today, a special guest in Rachel Nichols, who is a friend of our podcast. She's been with us before, and we're always, always grateful to have her. And Rachel is doing very well right now. She is the lead host on The Jump, which has become almost a must-watch television for NBA fans, airing each weekday on ESPN She's kind enough to visit with Daniel Salerson, and we'll hear her full visit with Daniel on today's show, uh, obviously talking about the Pelicans and the Western Conference and Anthony Davis's place in the MVP race, all of that uh, coming up today. So Rachel Nichols and David Wesley as we kind of get ready to wrap up this road trip and come back home to see you all. We're excited to do that, but one more piece of business to take care of, and we hope that you'll enjoy these two conversations today. Uh, as we get ready for tonight's game, or if you're consuming after, just uh, as a, um, a good chunk of solid Pelicans and NBA talk. Looking forward to it. All right, Pelicans and Kings tonight. Details before we get done. Up next, though, Daniel Salerson visits with Rachel Nichols, and then a Wesley Wednesday here from Sacramento for you, too. Stay with us. In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top-quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us, the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more, and always drink Dixie responsibly. 
Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. This Pelican season, the entire family can do it big with the Pierre's Party Pack, presented by Cheetos Popcorn. Pelican ticket packages are available for select home games and include three or more tickets, combo meals, Cheetos Popcorn, and an on-court free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $54. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is March 11th against the Utah Jazz. For more information and to plan your next big night out with a gang, visit pelicans.com today. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Let's jump into our next guest, pun intended, here on the Black and Blue Report. Joining us now is Rachel Nichols, host of ESPN's Jump, which airs weekdays at 2 p.m. Central. She's been on a couple of times, and we're always glad to welcome her back on the program. I'm hoping she didn't hang up after that really bad pun at the beginning of the segment. Rachel, uh, glad to have you on the program. <laughs> What's going on? My love for New Orleans will supersede any bad puns you throw at me. So don't view that as a challenge. I'm just saying I am here. I appreciate it. Rachel, I want to start with the Pelicans, who've been on a tear recently and are currently fighting for home court in the first round. I just don't think anyone would have expected this after the DeMarcus Cousins injury. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And it's funny, I spoke to AD for a while at the All-Star break, and and he just said, look, I'm just thinking about it kind of like, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook after Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City. I've just got to go out there and, and kind of be a maniac and 40 points on my shoulders every night, that sort of thing. And I think because he views this as temporary, I mean, look, Boogie's going to be out for a long time, right? So it's not temporary like a month or anything. But at least he sort of feels like this isn't this endless thing. Before Cousins got to New Orleans and there was that burden on him every night and it just sort of felt like this endless sea of, God, i got to do it by myself. Um, I think that was harder for him night in and night out when it seems this finite, okay, i got to make it to the end of the season and then we'll sort of regroup over the summer. I, I think he's mentally able to do that in a way that's really been remarkable. And then you see the way Drew Holiday, who has just been, by the way, great all season, but has stepped up really since Cousins has been out. And, and so many other players there. The pace has increased. It's been fantastic there to watch them play. I, they play here in Los Angeles tonight. I don't know how that's going to go, but I, I certainly can tell you the streak that they've been on has been super impressive. Yeah, this question has also popped up recently on my post-game show, and I wanted a national perspective on this. People have asked whether the Pelicans are better off without Boogie since they've been winning recently. My answer is no. I think this team would still be a lot better with an all-star starter in the equation. How would you respond to that question? Um, I, I think those situations are largely about fit, right? And I think the fit between Boogie and AD was getting only kind of better and better as the season went on. Um, I do think you need multiple stars to sort of win really at the biggest level in the NBA. That's just the way the league is set up right now. So I think during the regular season, maybe there are times where you're like, okay, if we have a clear sort of definition and it's just AD and, and kind of the, the ball moves a little quicker and, you know, we all know that DeMarcus isn't the quickest guy in the NBA. So obviously the Pelicans have been able to play a little bit different style since he's been down. He went down. Yes, that can help you win games through a season. But when it comes to the playoffs, which I know is what Anthony Davis cares about, which I know is what Pelicans fans care about, right? You guys want to win in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Um, you do need big stars, and and I think having Boogie the way he has been these past few years, adding that to the team at the end of last season and this season was great. Now, the big question is, what Boogie are you getting when he comes back? We don't even know what kind of contract he might sign with the team. In theory, he could even sign with another team, although the injury, I think, makes it more likely he'll sign in New Orleans. And then it is tough for a guy we have seen. Athletes over 25 years old do not have the greatest track record of coming back from this kind of Achilles injury. It is one of the toughest injuries in sports. 
And so especially for a big guy who has kind of had, you know, put on weight at different times in his career, I'm really curious to see how his rehab goes, how he comes back. And that's really when you can start to answer the question of are the Pelicans, quote, better off without him or not. You can't really say to you know what they're getting with him when he comes back because he's he's gonna by definition be a different player. That's just how this injury works. Yeah, it's a great way to look at it. That's for sure. Um, a big part of the most recent success for the Pelicans, of course, has been the play of Anthony Davis. Um, again, you talked to him during the All Star break. I'm starting to see his name pop up in the MVP conversation. Is he a legitimate contender for the NBA's biggest award, and why? It's funny. We were just talking about this during one of the breaks in our show. We had Scotty Pippen on today and Mino Hassan and. I- <laughs> The MVP conversation, quote-unquote, is a little tough this year. You had last season where there was a legitimate sort of fight to the finish for MVP, right? We, we didn't really know who was going to win. I think a lot of people wanted Russell Westbrook, but James Harden put up such a strong case. And until the voting came out, it was hard to call. There were Vegas odds on it. Who's it going to be? This year, there's just less of that, right? I mean, I think James Harden has made a really clear case. He's the MVP. He was neck and neck with LeBron for a while, but then LeBron sort of had a really rough January, and so much has happened in tumult with that Cleveland team, whereas James has pushed his team to be this you know, real contender in the West at a time when people thought nobody could really challenge the Warriors. Um, so it seems like he is still clearing away the favorite. It becomes a little more difficult to say, oh, he's in the MVP conversation. This guy's in the MVP conversation. That guy's in the MVP conversation. There's not really an MVP conversation. Unless James Harden gets hurt, I think people expect it to overwhelmingly be James Harden. So then it really becomes, well, who else are we talking about who we have decided is among these top four or five players in the NBA this year? Once you're having that conversation, who do you think is going to get MVP votes? Who do you think will be in the top five? I don't think there's any question AD is in there. In fact, he could end up finishing second. There's, I mean, he's certainly in contention for that. Rachel, I'm curious. So on your show yesterday, you mentioned that the NBA will be more exciting in March because the conferences are so close this year and no one's really run away it's with insane, the league. It's insane, right? right? Right. You know, they have um, the seeds in the Western Conference, four through ten, being separated by four games. So how do you think everything's going to play out this year? Yeah, I mean, I was talking about that on the show. It's sort of a dirty little secret of the NBA that sometimes March is a dud. Right. I mean, you've got teams that where you've got playoffs kind of set and guys are resting guys. We had that big resting controversy in March last year. That's because a lot of times March games don't mean a lot. Right. That is not the case this year. These March games are going to be insane. And the West in particular, I mean, you talked about four through ten, like three through nine even, basically who is in the playoffs versus who is a top three seed is separated by a game or two. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. That usually just doesn't happen. You've got Oklahoma City where, I mean, gosh, can you imagine if they don't make the playoffs this year? Again, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, so by the time people listen to this, they will know if the Thunder won or lost when they played the Rockets. I guess it will be last night by the time you're hearing this. Yeah. Um, say they lose that game to the Rockets, which the Rockets have been on this great streak. I, the Thunder are looking at that. They're, they're looking at possibly not making the playoffs. I think they probably will, but gosh, can you imagine Paul George trying to decide whether to stay or not if they don't make it or if they make it but they're in the 7 or 8 spot and they just get killed in the first round? I, this is fascinating to me how this is going to go, and I think the Pelicans are one of the teams that have made it so interesting by being where people didn't expect them to, by the Trailblazers being in that number 3 spot as we talk right now where people didn't expect them to. I mean, that's that, that's really throwing the whole race off kilter for the playoffs. It's made fascinating right so you mentioned that this march players are going to be able or are going to have to start playing more and they're not going to be able to just sit and kind of take a break during march so what do you think that's going to mean going into the playoffs obviously we're not going to have those rested legs we're not going to have any time um time off between now and the playoffs so are we going to see better basketball or are we going to see more injuries what, what do you think we're going to see for the playoffs 
I think it will be okay. Um, the NBA has built more rest days into the regular season schedule this season so that you didn't get as many back-to-backs or three games in four nights or, you know, five games in eight nights or that kind of thing. So even if players play more games, um, they won't have played sort of such a demanding march going into the playoffs. And you have to also remember that during the playoffs, there's no back-to-backs. So um, I think that'll be a factor, too. Injuries is hard, man. I mean, like, they built more rest games into the schedule this year, and yet injuries are up. The NBA is looking at losing – 30% more man games to injury than they did even last season. And some of that is skewed by like, hey, Kawhi Leonard's missed the whole season. But guess what? Kawhi Leonard's missed the whole season. That's a blow to the NBA. He's only played nine games. So I think it's a struggle. The NBA is still trying to figure out how many games do you have? How do you spread them out? But the hope is that the playoffs will still be fantastic, even if guys do play more in March and April, because they will have sort of some natural rest built into the postseason. Right, and, and kind of building off injuries. So we saw Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan, you know, recently come out talking about depression and mental health issues mm-hmm. and anxiety. What do you think is the next step for the NBA addressing these issues? Because I know a lot of times athletes are just told, you know, be strong. There's no time for a bad day. Be mentally strong and things like that. So what do you think? Is there a next step for the NBA or is this something that players are going to have to address on their own time? Yeah, I mean, it's, I would definitely say anybody who's listening to this who hasn't read what you're talking about, Kevin Love wrote a piece in the Players' Tribune. DeMar DeRozan spoke to the Toronto Star at length, and they're both really interesting pieces. Um, and one thing Kevin said is, you know, he's like, I don't even need to go into the stereotypes about, like, men and masculinity and athletes, about, like, be tough, don't see a therapist, don't have time for any mental weakness. He goes, they're so well-worn. Like, we all know what we're talking about. And, and that's true. I mean, it's just such a day-to-day thing athletes deal with. But the truth is, whether you are a professional athlete, whether you are rich or poor, whether you are skilled or not skilled, whether you are famous or not famous, you know, mental health is a thing, just like physical health. And you can break your wrist, whether you're famous or not, and you can have struggles with your mental health, whether you're famous or not. And in fact, the league is so demanding, and these guys have so much on them, and there really isn't right now a great structure in place at the team level for guys to get sports psychology or sort of constant therapy or a way to kind of deal with problems that they have. And I, I think that's a real hole in the NBA's game. Now, I also think the NBA is sort of more progressive than any other league we have in this country. And I think they're already looking at that. The Players Association, um, Michelle Roberts, the head of the, of the PA, has made it a big issue of hers this year. She's been talking to the league about it. They are talking about making more initiatives on the league level. Um, so I think that will help kind of giving players more resources. But honestly, I don't see a lot of players on their own kind of taking the Players Association or a sort of a tip line or a phone call line up on that as much as it would be a benefit if at the team level, the same way you just have a trainer, right, who's there looking after your physical health. If more teams employed some sort of psychiatrist or therapist or someone on staff, which is there all the time, with a friendly, familiar face, a couple teams have done it. I'd love to see every team do it because I think that it would make a big difference to players and would actually improve the play on the court, which right, just would kind like, of make it worth the while for the team in this capitalist society, right? Right, just like player development. You know, you want them to do excellent things on the court. You want them to do excellent things, you know, mentally too because if they're not mentally mm-hmm. there, they're not going to be much uh, much worth on the court, right? And look at Kevin Love. He talked about the fact that what he's been dealing with is panic attacks. And, uh, you know, when he's had those panic attacks, he's had to leave the game, right. physically leave the game right. and, and go to the hospital or, or do whatever. And, and you want your players on the court, right? You don't want them leaving the game. He's their Cavs' second-best player. So even if it's just from a mercenary standpoint as opposed to a goodwill human standpoint, which you hope everyone has, um, this would be good for teams to do. All right. So lighter question but needs yeah. to be asked. If you could sit down – for a New Orleans dinner with anyone, who would it be, past or present? 
doesn't have to be NBA, oh. just person in I general. I mean, that's easy. King Cake Baby. King Cake Baby, of course. Why didn't I think of that? You want to be intimidated? Come on. I would be kind of intimidated. <laughs> I mean, I would be both scared and oddly, you know, drawn to him. It's, it's a weird relationship I have with King King Baby. I both want to run away screaming and I can't get enough. It's hard for me. I don't really know how to, I don't know where to go with him. So that means Zach Lowe would not be at the table with you then, correct? I'm assuming. No, he's really, he is only scared of King King Baby. He is one, he is a one emotion guy when it comes to King King Baby. It makes him very nervous. Oh boy. I, I kind of <laughs> want to see that though. Zach is nervous by definition. And like, you know, someone who can make Zach Lowe even more nervous is really, I mean, you know, you're doing something right. I think we have to make that happen here. Pelicans in the playoffs. I think we need to get the jump there down here and let's have a dinner with King Cake Baby. That sound good? I'm in. I'm absolutely in. All right. That's Rachel Nichols, host of The Jump, which airs on ESPN weekdays at 2 p.m. Central. If you're a hoop junkie like myself, it's a much watch, and Rachel does such an excellent job as a host. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. Enjoy this March, because as you mentioned, the madness begins. I think it's going to be a fun ride in the NBA. Absolutely. Have fun, you guys. Thanks. We'll be right back. What is big? Big is Drew Holiday. Red hot from the perimeter and ice at the foul line. Big is DeMarcus Cousins, a 6'11 defensive flamethrower that vaporizes man-on-man coverage. Big is Anthony Davis, a laser-guided missile of athleticism aimed at the rim. Come see the Pels against the Washington Wizards Friday, March 9th. First 5,000 fans get a free dance team poster. Visit pelicans.com for tickets. New Orleans Pelicans, do it big. Now, Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game, Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. Guess what day it is? Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. David Wesley's here for his Wesley Wednesday back in Sacramento. We've done this coffee house before. This is a return engagement for us. This is, um, and unfortunately, it's a returning engagement in a sense that we have to fly after this home and we get in at 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, there will be no Wesley Thursday, I can tell you that. <laughs> no, it will not be. You will have to find me somewhere. So, um, But we're in good spirits. Yes. yes, we are. The Pelicans have won nine straight after beating the Clippers last night in a wild game featuring double-digit runs on both sides. I think we all knew it was going to be a bit of a white-knuckle ride, but David, I didn't know what to think of different spots in the game. I felt great. I felt worried. I felt concerned. I was elated at the end, relieved, <laughs> and it was nine in a row for the Pels. Well, you know, it's 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 something to be said by, you know, the Pelicans playing nine overtime games, winning seven, and playing close games and winning. So they've learned. They're They're learning how to win those close games. They're learning how not to panic when teams are making runs at them. It's expected. You're on somebody's home floor. You're on the road. They're going to make those runs, and um, I thought they handled it great. I thought the right guys made the right plays down the stretch, and, uh, you know, surprisingly, this team has struggled on defense. They got some stops when they needed it and closed the deal. Anthony had 40 more again last night, 41, I guess it was to be exact, 19 of which came in the third quarter. Look, David, I, I know he is the biggest reason why 
but there's but there's others. That can't be just the one reason. Teams in this league are too good to let one guy beat them. So it's got to be Anthony Davis and then what in your eyes? Well, I, we talked about it before we came on air. Their, their defense have gone from 17 uh, for the full season. In this nine games, they're seventh uh, ranked in the league. Small sample size, but it does say that it's getting somewhat better. You got Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday shooting over 50% from the field in this stretch, over 40% from three in this stretch, and over 80% from the line. So they're doing what they're supposed to do, but each and every night there's that guy, there's that stretch, there's that energy, there's that, and that's what team is all about. You know, you go in and you play your minutes hard and make something happen. I thought Emeka was outstanding i mean you you can't look at the box you can't go oh you know he had 10 and 10 or 15 and 10 but you watch him play and i say this about him every time i talk to somebody you can't just look at the box score you have to watch what he's doing out there and his knowledge of the game and knowing where to be um and and guys were just finding ways to make plays you know even a stretch uh miritich knocked down some big big shots um you're getting production ian clark didn't he only had i don't know eight or nine but he was good when he was out there you know it's it's a you know each one more struggling a little bit but you know what you get from him you know he's going to go out there and give you what he has i just think this is a great collective team effort and guys are, are are playing hard playing for each other like you said and they're finding ways to get it done they're also attempting over 100 shots a game during this stretch. David, first of all, what's that like? <laughs> and two, as you're now watching it you know, in your new role as a broadcaster, um, what percentage of those are good shots? I think I'm just, I just want to hear what you have to say. Well, you know, I think, you know, again, in this stretch, they're shooting 48% from the field in those nine games, right. which means they're – either good shot makers or they're taking pretty good shots. Um, do I know what that, what that is? No, I, no, no. Unless it's an overtime game, I don't think we had a whole bunch of 100-shot games. So yeah. it's got to be fun. It's wide open. A lot of people get some attempts and get some touches like we all like to talk about, and it's phenomenal. I mean, that's, you know, they're shooting 37% from three over this stretch. The numbers are excellent when you look at them and the way they're playing. They're doing it the right way, and therefore they're winning. David, there's a real tricky thing that's already happening. It's only going to get more intensified, and I think that Coach Gentry is worried about this a little bit. This idea that every game is a big game because of the Western Conference standings and the way they are, the way they're stacked up and so close. Is there concern or should there be concern that you're putting too much on an, on a given game because you can't win all of them? I mean, they may come close, but you can't win all of them. And, and yet, so therefore, I don't know, you want to try and win all of them, but yet you can't also oversell a situation to a group of guys so that they're set up for a, a big fall if they do drop one along the way here. I probably made no sense. You're nodding that you think I have, so I'm hoping that I, I did in some way. Well, it, I, I would take this uh, this way. The Pelicans struggled early in the season where they were 
back and forth, back and forth, hanging around 500 and lost some games that back then you're like, oh, that's a bad loss. That's a bad loss. Well, when you lose those bad losses, that adds importance to games down the, down the road. They're in this stretch, and now that the Western Conference is so locked up, three through ten, they are important. I, there's no other way to spin it. Now, do you sell it that way? Do you have to sell it that way? They look at the standings. They know where they are. They know they win a game tonight. They may go up two spots. They lose a game tonight. They may go down six spots. So, I mean, it just you, you have to continue doing what you're doing and realize, like they didn't panic last night in L.A., you can't panic. You just got to go out there and do what you do. You got to keep trying to win games and win as many as you can. So what do players want to hear in the locker room when they're winning eight, nine in a row? Nothing? Or do they want to hear some sense of urgency or perspective? What do, what do players want to hear in the locker room right now? I think you continue to express upon them the urgency. We have to get off to a good start. We have to continue to do the right things. Um, still watch film and say, this is why they came back from a 20-point deficit. This is how we got up 20. You still coach them. You still let them know this game, you shouldn't be looking at their record because they've already beat you twice in your place. So you still have to have that sense of urgency. There is no reason. And I told I told Joel coming out on this road trip, there's no reason why this team can't get all three of them. He was talking, you know, we'll get two out, you know, two out of three would be a good road trip. And I'm like, no, three out of three would be a good road trip because these are beatable teams. And the way the Pelicans are playing, if they do what they do each and every night, they're going to have a chance. Sacramento tonight, um, chance to split the season series. That sounds crazy. But Sacramento got you twice on your own floor. (laughs) You got to get this one here tonight, which, by the way, would be 10 in a row, obviously. But it would also, believe it or not, this would secure a winning record for you on the road for the season. It would be win number 21 on the road. Which is outstanding. And only, I think, two teams can even say that, uh, you know, in this bunch of guys. So um, why they play well on the road, less to worry about, less tickets, less driving in, less traffic, less, less everything. And you just play. And there is a a closeness that comes with going out on the road and they have found whatever that is and you know just keep it going it's a good thing to have especially in the playoffs if you you know you can go on the road and get a win that's you know that's a feather in your cap and certainly I I believe that they will make the playoffs and I believe they can win a first round series fair enough could be even home floor advantage which leads me to our final topic here because I think this is going to be important um, as you said at the start of our visit, we have this long ride home tonight. But home is the key word here. And the Pelicans will be home for the next three, starting on Friday night with Washington. The home crowd, the atmosphere at the Smoothie King Center moving forward. What role does that play? I thought the last home game we played was good. I thought the crowd was good. And like the Pelicans continue to want to get better, try to get better, fight to get better. The fans have to be better. They have to they have to bring it. They have to show up. They have to be loud. They have to get out of their comfort zone of sitting and watching and cheer. My dad would come to a game, great play, and the most you get out of him was a smile. 
He wasn't a hand clapper. He wasn't a, you know, a yeller or screamer. You can't be that guy. Don't be my dad. Be <laughs> be better than that and and get into the game and be loud and 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 bring this team home cuz they're going to need every one of these games down the stretch. And of course they're not going to win them all, but they need them all. They need his, they need them all and they need the fans to be there with them. I did not ask you that for you to call your old man out. I mean, I like your dad. <laughs> I, I enjoy visiting with him. I'd like to see that continue. Would you mind? You wanna... <laughs> That's just me being selfish. Well, you know what? And, and my dad is who he is. And, of course, I love him for who he is. And I, I got used to looking up at the stands and, you know, he may give me a small fist pump and a smile. And I knew, all right, he's into it. But um, there was no cheering going on. He was not a rah-rah guy. And, you know, some people are like that. But the Pelican fans need to be – Better than that. That's all. I'm with you. Because I know I've watched games with you, and we're like, big play happens. We're like, okay, all right, young fella. You know, you're saying that we need to, like, you know, get a little uh, college in us, a little turn back the clock and let it rip a little bit. Yeah, you know, I remember my last few years in the league when this team was in, in Oklahoma City, a college town who was just excited, and it was deafening. We need some of that. We need some college atmosphere, some, you know, even some, you know, when I played in Venezuela, they they used to cheer for no reason. There was bands going. There was atmosphere going. We need some of that just for no reason, you know, just be cheering and loud and into the game and, and, and bring this team home. I'm with you. I'll go 2008 in New Orleans. 13 straight sellouts in the season. Same year they won 10 games in a row. It felt like that too. So, Let's go back to that. Good to see you, my friend. Yeah, good to see you, and enjoy your coffee. And that'll do it for our Black and Blue Report here from Sacramento. Good luck to the Pelicans tonight. They'll look to even up and finish off the series with the Kings right. Uh, the Pelicans won here early in the season, then dropped two to the Kings at the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans. Whole different look on both sides as we go into this fourth and final meeting here tonight. 9 o'clock Central tip-off time on both Fox Sports New Orleans and the Pelicans Radio Network. Pre-game coverage starting at 8.30. Uh, wouldn't it be great to have 10 wins in a row working for the Pelicans as they return to the Smoothie King Center on Friday? And with that being said, I know this team is excited to get back home for the next three, and they are really looking forward to, to coming home and sticking out their chest and take pride in what they've done here of late. And uh, spending a quality evening uh, at the Smoothie King Center, if you know what I mean, with you all. Uh, they are looking forward to having you be a true sixth man and really help this team push here as we get down the stretch of the season in this wild Western Conference playoff chase. So we're hoping to see you on Friday night, that's for sure. Uh, be loud, come and let it rip, kind of as David Wesley said. That would be a wonderful thing. And, of course, you can get uh, on board at pelicans.com or 504-525-HOOP. Uh, let's, let's really get behind this group. I think they're deserving of it, and I think that it will make for a very enjoyable time for our city here in the coming weeks, especially here up close and personal with these next three at home. So we'll see you then. We'll also see you on the Black and Blue Report podcast Friday too. And then don't forget tomorrow night we'll kind of pause for a moment to visit with Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry. We'll do that uh, tomorrow night on the flagship station of the Pelicans Radio Network. That's 99.5 WRNOFM. I have a feeling that Coach and I will be recording our visit on the way home tonight, and you'll get a very fresh take from Alvin Gentry after this uh, final game of the road trip 
during the program tomorrow night. We've got lots also to uh, feature, including our one-on-one with Emeka Okafor, one of the great stories with this team right now, and that will also be a part of Friday's Black and Blue Report, too. For Rachel Nichols, Daniel Sallerson, David Wesley, I'm Sean Kelly. Sacramento's fine. We just can't wait to get home. Look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Black and Blue Report.